This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to this show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Awesomes, I am so excited to be coming to you live this week. That's right, my lovely maternity leave is drawing to a close. So I'm dusting off my mic and starting to get back into the rhythms of life. But first, I wanted to give you a quick update on a few things. For those of you who didn't get the update on our social media over the summer, I am so happy to tell you that our fifth baby arrived in the middle of June. The day after my 42nd birthday, in fact, we welcomed Nicholas Augustine into our family. He came into the world at nine pounds, 13 ounces, and he has been growing ever since. Nico is the absolute heart of our family right now. The kids absolutely adore him. And now at two months old, he is starting to really get into his older sisters and brothers too. Kyle and I are absolutely in love with this baby, and we cannot believe that we are so fortunate to get to do all of this baby stuff all over again. I also shared with our Superstar supporters on Patreon a personal update over the summer. They've been getting updates from me throughout Nico's pregnancy and after he was born that unfortunately, I did find myself battling postpartum depression again. Fortunately, however, because this wasn't my first time to face that old monster, uh, both Kyle and I recognized those signs and symptoms early, and I was able to get treatment for it right away. I have to tell you, I'm feeling so much more like myself these days, and I'm so very thankful for the support of family and friends and the awesomes as I've worked my way through that. So yeah, we've been adapting to a lot of changes over the summer in this family. And you know what? Things have been changing over the summer for Sorta Awesome as well. At the end of June, we parted ways with Wondery, the podcast network that we partnered with since 2017. And we've begun to explore new ways of keeping Sorta Awesome in your earbuds and free to any awesome who wants to listen. I was so excited to discover that many of the brands we've had partnerships with in the past were excited to continue the relationship with us. And I wanted to tell you that to give you a little nudge to keep supporting those sponsors because they are the ones who believe in the power of the awesome community and what we are doing here on Sorta Awesome. Now, you may notice some changes to our ads as we go forward, and I want to thank you in advance as we adapt to being a truly independent podcast again. 
You'll be hearing from us more in the weeks ahead about ways you can support Sorta Awesome and keep our mission of encouraging smart, strong, and social women going strong. Well, I hope that you all enjoyed our Sorta Awesome story series over the summer. I'm so grateful for each of those awesome women who stepped up to share what they wanted our community to know based on what they have experienced in their lives. We are hard at work planning brand new episodes for the months ahead, but before we get to those, I am pulling out from the archives one of my very favorite episodes of Sorta Awesome ever. Episode 54, 10 Friends Every Woman Needs, dropped back in April of 2016, and in it I got to sit down live and in person face-to-face with one of my oldest and dearest friends, Laura Tremaine, who was one of our beloved regular co-hosts at the time. Now, we like to call Laura our sort of awesome alumna as she has now moved on and moved forward into creating incredible and amazing things for the world on her own. Many of you have followed her work at Smartest Person in the Room, the podcast series that we produce together. And of course, many, many of you are loving her podcast, 10 Things to Tell You. Laura always brought the absolute best things to Sorta Awesome, and now she's doing that weekly on 10 Things to Tell You, where she not only shares what she's reading, what she thinks about life events, what she's doing in her skincare routine, all kinds of awesome stuff. She's also giving you things to think about and to journal about and to talk about in your own life every single week. If you have not checked out 10 Things to Tell You, I don't know what on earth you're waiting for. You can find it in all the podcast apps and you can follow that show on Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. You can find Laura on Twitter at Laura Tremaine and you can find her personal Instagram over there at Laura.Tremaine. So yeah, you know we love, love, love a top 10 list around here and I hope that you will love this revisit to one of our most important top 10 lists ever, 10 friends every woman needs. So let's go back in time and think about the friends you want to have in your life, as well as the kind of friend you want to be. Awesomes, you all know that hiring isn't as simple as putting an ad in the paper or posting it to a job board. In fact, when you're juggling hiring with everything it takes to grow your business, it's important that you reach the right candidates at the right time. And that's where LinkedIn comes in. LinkedIn Jobs understands how valuable your time is, so they make finding a new candidate for your position so easy with their candidate management system. They give you a simple dashboard to track your candidates from application to hire all in one place. So awesome. You know, over 600 million members visit LinkedIn to make connections, learn and grow as professionals, and discover new job opportunities. In fact, LinkedIn members add 15 new skills to their profiles and apply to 35 job posts every two seconds. That's how they make sure your job post gets in front of people with the right hard skills and soft skills to meet your role requirements. Things like collaboration, work ethic, adaptability, LinkedIn does the legwork to match you to the most qualified candidates so you can focus on hiring the person who will transform your business. So to get $50 off of your first job post, go to linkedin.com slash awesome. Again, that's linkedin.com slash awesome to get $50 off of your first job post. Terms and conditions do apply. Okay, well, like I said at the top of the show, we are going to be talking all about friendship today. And if this sounds familiar to you, it may be because way back in episode 14 last summer, Laura and I did do an episode on friendship. So one of the most surprising things for us after that episode came out was 
all the discussions that came out from episode 14 about how difficult friendships can be when you are an adult. Were you a little surprised by that? Or did you anticipate that was going to be something that landed with people? No, I knew that the adult friendship topic is really fraught for a lot of people. It is totally. And is, and is really complicated for a lot of people, especially our age. And and we have a lot of ages of listeners, but in our age, I feel like we're in a transitional time of life where like maybe your childhood or high school or college friends are kind of fading out. The Mm -hmm. people that you thought were going to maybe go the whole distance. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're kind of making that change. That's really hard for people. It is. It's a huge transition. Or maybe you're in a life transition where you've moved cities or Mm. changed jobs or whatever you've done. And are trying to find new friends. And that is really hard. Yeah. I knew from writing about friendship online that people had the big feelings. Yeah. Well, about they, friendship. Yeah. And they definitely did share those with us, which we so appreciated hearing back on, on that episode. There is a ton of hard and painful stuff about friendships when you're a grown up. Um, so we're going to kind of flip that on the uh, other side of the coin to talk about friendship this week. And, I think that Laura and I find ourselves talking about this a lot because if you're new to the show, you may not know this, but Laura and I've been friends for over two decades since we were in high school and throughout our friendship, really from the time we were teenagers on through into adulthood, you and I, we've just talked about friendship in a very meta way, you know, a lot like assessing friendships, talking about dynamics, helping each other through these friendship transitions Um, When we moved to a small town, oh gosh, eight years ago in Oklahoma, we don't live there anymore. But when we first moved there, we didn't know a soul. And thankfully, Laura and a couple of other of our close friends from high school really got me through that transition via email threads. We would have these epic noveling email threads. And it was so comforting to have that touch point for friendship when I literally did not have another friend in the world to talk to. So anyway, we're going to talk about the fun part of friendship today because one of the best things about having really good, strong, solid friendships when you're an adult is that you begin to kind of build a council of people around you through your friendships who are speaking in all kinds of wisdom and richness into your life. So Laura, you and I have talked about this idea of the life council quite a bit. I love the life council. I feel like when somebody introduced that concept to me, and I don't even know where it came from, but when somebody was talking about a life council, like a group of people that you can come to if you have questions, if you need advice, like trusted people on all levels of serious and not. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, that makes a lot of sense to me. Totally makes sense. I am now officially cobbling together my life council. Yes. So we thought, well, what kind of people should be included in your life council? In fact, like what kinds of friends should you be looking for? Because that's the great thing about friendship when you're an adult. You're not just confined to the people that are in your classes in high school or who are the same major as you in college or who, you know, live across the hall from you. When you are grown up, you have the freedom to go out and seek out these friendships and build friendships from scratch if you want to. So, And also you can take the friends that you do have and maybe recognize in them like what the relational value is. Oh yeah, that's to true. You. And be like, you know, this person might not be who I want to go shopping with, but they are who I want to ask about serious money matters. So true, yeah. And then you can kind of let go of 
of disappointments of this friend isn't the end all be all. Right. Exactly. Which is, I think what I hope you all get out of today's show is that a diversity of friends is nothing but good in your life. Even though sometimes you gotta, you gotta dig out the awesome in it for sure. That's true. (laughs) I mean, best friends that fulfill a lot of roles are amazing. Yes, of course. Clearly. I can say that to you. Yes. And I have, I have multiple really close dear friends in my life that fulfill a number of roles just as a single human. But sometimes friends that you have, they just don't, they don't tick more than one box. (laughs) And that's okay. That's okay. Yes. All right. So 10 friends every woman needs in her life. Laura, get us started on this list. My first one is a friend who has made more mistakes than you have. Awesome. Totally. By that, I only mean someone who's older than you. And I think that it's Really invaluable to have friends who are further along in their life's journey because the women I have learned the most from in my whole entire life have almost always been older than me. This is true when I was young, when I was in high school and college in my 20s. It's really true now that I'm married with children because women friends who can speak honestly about the work of marriage and parenting from a place of experience as opposed to like a peer will really change your life. Oh my gosh, yes. It's priceless. It's priceless. I have a lot of older women friends in my life, some that are just friends that I enjoy, others that have been more mentors type. And in particular, I'm thinking about two friends, um, you know them, we're mutual friends, who are older than me, about 10 years older than me. They're best friends with each other. They have almost grown children. And they are awesome parenting resources for me. I can go to them and ask them any kind of parenting question and listen to their response all day. And honestly, that's that's not a subject that I seek out. Like, I don't really right. like to talk about parenting right, right. that much. Yeah. But these friends who are just hilarious in their approach of it, and they've just, they each have a lot of kids. (laughs) So they have a lot of stories and they have a lot of really good practical advice. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think for people like that, you don't even have to have the exact same parenting style as someone or the exact same values, but just hearing like, oh, well, my one kid did this and then my other kid did it this way and whatever. Just hearing someone who's older that you trust, there's a wisdom there like for the ages. Absolutely. That's so true. I think back even when I was you know, when I was teaching, it was so important to me to have those teachers that were a few years ahead of me to answer questions and bounce ideas off of. And that whole thing, it's just translated into every season of my life. So good. Okay. Well, the first friend I have on my list is a friend who knows what's in your freezer. Ooh. (laughs) That's not even a euphemism or a word picture. I like talking about your literal freezer. So I realized the importance of this kind of friend through my friend, Catherine. I've talked about her a few times on the show. She and I have known each other since middle school. We went to college together. Now we live five minutes away from each other. But even though we live so close and we've known each other for a long time, honestly, a lot of our friendship lives on Boxer because we both have kids that are just activities and all kinds of stuff going on all the time. So we have started this habit, not intentionally, but we... Every morning, Vox, every school morning, we Vox after we've dropped off our kids and kind of give each other the rundown on our day. And one day I was telling, I was like, okay, I'm going to head to the grocery store. I'm kind of thinking I'm going to pick up this. I was going to pull this out of the freezer. And then I just started telling her everything that was in our, like our chest freezer, you know, like our big serious freezer. I like gave her an inventory list. (laughs) 
That's a real friend right there. That's a real friend. And when I realized what I had done, I was like, Catherine, this is the most boring message ever. I'm so sorry. But now you know it's in my freezer. And we just kind of latched on to that idea so that now daily, we we almost always finish our, our daily conversation of now you know what's in my freezer. So I think this is so great, especially for women and maybe especially for extroverted women. Catherine and I are both extroverts. Maybe an introverted, more introverted person would not want that much detail. <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't think that's true. As an introvert, I think that it is nice to have somebody who cares about like, the mundane yes. details yes. of your day. Right. I feel like this takes a lot of the burden off of my husband, honestly. Yes. You know, it's especially as a stay-at-home mom or work-at-home mom, somebody who's home doing home-type stuff a lot. I used to get really frustrated because I would have all of these things, these little loose ends that need to be tied up at the end of the day or these things to tick off of a list. And I would tell Kyle about it and you could just see the, the eyes glazing over like, oh, Lord, here we go again. But now Catherine gets all of that. Kyle has spared it. But it's so great in terms of like the life council concept, because I think you do need somebody who can speak into your life, who like literally knows the ins and outs of your days. Mm-hmm. So for example, I have talked to Catherine quite a bit about like the boys in preschool. Should we start them now? What should we do? She knows what our day-to-day life looks like. Um, she knows the boys really well. And because she's in that like 3D space of seeing it all play out, she has a really unique perspective on it that my other friends who live far away wouldn't have. So no, I think I have that with my sister. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She lives far away. So she doesn't understand the minutia of our everyday life in California necessarily, but she's the only person who is not bored if I go on and on about my kids. Right, right. Or our parents. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yes. Or our decision making on whatever, you know, like she's kind of a really great sounding board for me about a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's not exactly the same thing, but there's just very few friends or relationships where that you can really get into the nitty gritty detail. Yes, exactly. Like the freezer. Like the freezer. And for me, this has become more important in the past few years, more than ever before. Um, And Catherine's not the only person that does this, but we have like almost, it's almost becomes like a check-in system. So if she doesn't hear from me for a few days, she's practically on my doorstep. Like what's going on? What's wrong? Mm -hmm. And so that's nice because sometimes when you're going through a thing, like you and I both have the anxiety stuff going on or, you know, if things are off or if, if a situation has turned bad, whatever, you need that person to be like, you're really quiet and I don't know what's in your freezer. So spill. <laughs> yeah. So it's nice. It's good. It's good. So that's my, that's the first one on my list. What's next on yours? Okay. Number two, and this might not be in everyone's life council, but it's in mine. And I think it should be in everyone's okay. life council. Okay. I feel nervous. A friend who knows the it bag of every season. And by that, oh, yeah. I mean mm-hmm. a friend with better taste than you. I'm, I'm, all about personal style. I've talked a lot about personal style. I really like a person's distinct style, not just copied from the magazines. But have you ever noticed that in a group of friends, if one person has standout style, it raises everyone else's level. A thousand percent. A little bit. We all play up. That is so accurate. So it's so great to have that friend who knows the difference between like trendy and classic, who seems to kind of innately know what's flattering on body types, 
who follows breakout designers before they become famous and can kind of tell you mm-hmm. about them. Yes. That is the friend that you want to go shopping with because yeah. those friends can put together an outfit either at the thrift store or at the department store and they will teach you yes. how. Totally. When I first moved to Los Angeles, one of my early roommates was a girl who had grown up in California and her best friend had grown up in New York City. And those two girls who had grown up in these like metropolitan areas versus my really small town upbringing, they taught me where to shop in LA and how to dress for different occasions in kind of a world that was new to me. Mm -hmm. Like the internet existed, but it, it was really different. I was having a culture shock situation. Yeah. And so they taught me about how to shop and dress in Los Angeles. And I, I think subconsciously I still follow some of those rules Just by their influence, not because they were like condescendingly, like, let me teach you, but just being around them. Absolutely. Like I said, we all play up. I mean, and this was, we were all broke at the time. So this wasn't about spending crazy LA money. This was just like about style, finding your own style and knowing the good from the bad. This is a really good friend to have. Definitely. Definitely. Well, the second friend on my list is a friend with whom no words are needed. Now, that might be a little bit of a shocker because you all know. (laughs) This is a little bit of a when you say nothing at all moment. (laughs) It's more like, and you know, you know of all people that words are a big deal to me. I love words and lots of them. But uh, a friend who knows you so well that you can just like non-verbally communicate. When you're in the same room, it's fantastic. You know, just a glance or an eye roll can communicate so much. Mm -hmm. But even over text um, or online. Like, okay, so for example, my friend Vanessa, she lives about 20 minutes from here. We are very good friends. She has three kids. She's gone back to school to become a physician's assistant. So she's super busy. So we text a lot. And like, I would say it's accurate to say about 90% of our texts are just gifs and emojis, just (laughs) back and forth. And she is so gifted in finding the perfect gif for any situation. Like I can text her, you know, like a rant about something or something I'm really excited about. And she always, she's like on the spot with the best response. I love gifs so much. They're like (laughs) secondary love language that I just, I don't know. There's just that thing of being so well known. Like another thing too is um, we both really... confession time. We both really enjoy finding the right gif of either Scott Foley or John Krasinski. Gentlemen who are sort of pleasing to the eye to look at. So, you know, she'll be studying for an exam or something and I'll just send her like a shower of John Krasinski texts. And, um, but really the thing is like when somebody sends just the right nonverbal thing, again, whether it's via text or you're in the same room together. It's that connection of just like, she gets me. She really knows me. Um, and there's a lot of ways that you can be totally different from someone, but you connect on that level that is like, yeah, I feel like she really knows me. Okay. So, I am not that friend to you. You hate emojis. I don't think I've ever even texted you a GIF ever. I feel You don't like- even use smiley face emoticons in your text. I don't really. I like GIFs. Now, listen, I'm on board with any any image of Scott Foley. But <laughs> for the record, for the record, <laughs> I feel like GIFs are some kind of alien language that 
I don't understand, but that everybody else does. Like I'm a foreign exchange student. Right, right. When people start doing this, like I'll be on, you know, threads, text threads or threads on the internet of like where people are just sharing gifs back and forth. And I have to like look at them and like screw up my face and like kind of be like, I don't, what are we saying here? <laughs> Which is why I intentionally do not trouble you with my gif obsession. And I don't understand. How do people find them so fast? Well, do you want to tell, hear the practical ways for real? Yeah, kind of. Okay. Okay. Well, so I know I, I have a keyboard enabled on my iPhone. It's called like RIFC, I think. A GIF keyboard? A GIF keyboard. So on an iPad, I mean, on a, well, maybe on an iPad too, but on an iPhone keyboard, you have that little globe, you know, uh -huh, uh -huh. and it will switch keyboards for you. So you can go to your emojis, which I know you never use. If you keep pushing it, if you have this keyboard enabled, it opens up a whole menu and you can search by keyword. So if you want an eye roll GIF, you just type in eye roll and it will bring up all kinds of GIFs. You just tap the one you want. It copies it. And then you click that globe button again. So it goes back to your regular, you know, your text conversation, click paste, and there you go. And then you send it. This is completely new information to me. I had no idea people didn't know that. <laughs> No, you have to leave this in because this is useful and practical information. I will totally leave it in. I'll put a link in the show notes because now I'm like, is that the name of it? I feel like it's called RIFC. Anyway, I will for sure put the accurate name into the show notes. And of course, when I'm online, I use um, jiffy.com a lot to find. They have an extensive catalog. But it just feels like everybody always has like different ones. Yeah, yeah. Laura, there are, <laughs> there are millions of GIFs to choose from on the internet. Am I like your grandma who's like adjusting her glasses and be like, this yes. newfangled thing? Yes, you are. But you're a grandma with a darling haircut. So <laughs> it looks too. so good. Nice. So good. I want to clarify too, because I feel like there's probably people that are cringing because I'm saying GIF instead of GIF. I did the internet research. It's for sure GIF. Oh, I remember when this was like a whole big thing, okay. like a year ago, two years mm -hmm. ago, when people were like, it's GIF, and it was like the internet exploded. Yes. So I have like tried to say it right since then. It takes a little getting used to, but then you get it. Okay, awesomes, with fall just around the corner, maybe you're like me and you're starting to daydream already about getting out your favorite fall clothes, and maybe you're updating your wardrobe a little bit. Don't forget, you need to update your bras as well. And to do that, you know I'm going to send you over to Third Love. That Fit Finder quiz is so easy, you can take it in about 60 seconds. It's going to ask you questions that actually matter when you're shopping for a bra, like what is your breast shape? Third Love is going to help you identify it and find styles that fit your body. Of course, one of the best things about Third Love is their perfect fit promise. We actually took Third Love up on this when we ordered a box filled with bras for one of my daughters to get a great start on the new school year. She thought the bras were so beautiful, but she wasn't quite sure about the fit. So I told her, it's okay, just try it for a few days. We'll figure out if the fit is right or not. So she did, and we ended up needing a different size. Thankfully, with their perfect fit promise, every customer has 60 days to wear the bras, wash them, put them to the test. If you don't love it, you can return it and Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. Returns and exchanges are free and easy. And my daughters and I agree that these bras are hands down the most comfortable bras we have ever owned. 
Third Love knows there is a perfect bra for everybody. So right now they're offering you awesomes 15% off of your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash awesome now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off of your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash awesome for 15% off today. Awesomes, if you're like me, you know there are a few things more wonderful than finishing off the day with that perfect glass of wine. But also, if you're like me, you know it can be a little bit overwhelming to browse the aisles trying to find your new favorite bottle of wine. And I gotta tell you, you can save money on award-winning wine you're guaranteed to love, and it's never been easier than now with First Leaf. Unlike other wine clubs that guess about your favorite wines, First Leaf uses your feedback and ratings to curate wine selections that are personalized to your tastes. First Leaf is so confident in the quality of their wine, you guys, they have a 100% satisfaction guarantee. That means if you're not feeling a particular bottle of wine, First Leaf is going to cover it completely. I got started by taking the First Leaf wine quiz to assess my exact wine drinking preferences. From sweetness to wine styles to even how adventurous I am, they learned all about what I like. And in my first delivery from First Leaf, there was a red wine from South Africa that I never would have tried on my own, but because of First Leaf, I got to try it out and it's one of my new favorites. Because what First Leaf does after you take their wine quiz is create an introductory six pack of wine for you, all for just $29.95. Seriously, you guys, an introductory six pack of wine for $29.95, these wines normally go for at least $20 a piece. When our bottles arrived, I tasted them and then we rated them online. First Leaf took our ratings and selected unique wines based on our tastes for our next shipment. In fact, First Leaf sends out more than 17,000 unique shipments of wine every month because they know everyone's tastes are different. So try First Leaf Wine Club today, where buying great wine is simple. Sign up with our link and you're going to get an exclusive intro offer. That's six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping. Just go to tryfirstleaf.com slash awesome and you're going to get six bottles of wine for only $29.95 plus free shipping at tryfirstleaf.com slash awesome. Okay, third on your list. Let's hear it. My third friend that everyone must have is a yes man friend. Oh, that's so good. Who wouldn't want that? I know. It's probably not the coolest thing I've ever said, but I'm going to say it anyway because it's nice to have a friend that adores you. And who agrees with you about almost everything, who you can vent to about your husband, your mom, your job, and who will not try to make you see it from another perspective. Oh, so true. Yes. Like the non-challenging friend. Right. 100% in your corner, no questions asked. I love it. I mean, maybe that person is not the most dynamic mm -hmm. personality in your life. Mm -hmm. You know, possibly she's not the deepest thinker that you've ever met. <laughs> However, <laughs> she's usually down for a margarita. Yay. Totally, yes. Mm -hmm. And she will not tap the brakes when you want to overshare. Right. She is so supportive. Important. Yeah. And you can ugly cry in front of her because she loves you. Yeah, and she's not even going to flinch. Totally. No, she doesn't like love you, but she needs to give you some hard truth. Right. No. <laughs> she just loves you. She just loves you. I love that. Everybody needs a yes man. I think so. Totally. It's a simple friendship, but it's a, it's a good one. Yes. And I hope that I can be a yes man to people in my life, too. It's oh, funny yeah. we're talking about these friendships because this is reciprocal as well. Like, I'm trying to think, what friend am I to people? Ooh, I didn't even think about that when I was making my list. 
Yeah, you have to think about who, like, what value you're serving to your friends. I know what mine is. I mean, this is a bit of a tangent, but I am known (laughs) in almost every circle of friends I have as the bossy one. The bossy pants. I tell people exactly what to do with their life, exactly what to do with anything. I, it is really hard for me to stuff it down and not tell people what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when you're talking about everyone needs a yes man, I remember this just brought back a, a very vivid memory for some reason of when I was in college, I had a really good friend who's a year, few years ahead of me and she had had a really serious boyfriend like since high school and we were in college and they had broken up. And then another friend of ours had come in and was chitter chattering about the, the now ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And my friend, I know, right? My friend was so hurt. And I remember her very vividly. And she was not a confrontational person. But I remember her very vividly being like, I just need you to be my friend right now, you know? And just like, whether you're in a crisis moment or whether you do just need to tell somebody about the ridiculous thing that your mom just told you, you need somebody who's like going to just be in your corner. Like, right or wrong. Right or wrong. They are not there to to persuade you to think differently. Right. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So my next one is a friend who speaks your language. And now I'm not actually talking about your actual language. Although, hey, that's a great foundation. Let's start there. (laughs) Let's start with the same spoken language. But really, a friend who speaks your language, um, somebody who gets the thing that you're into and like knows how to talk to you about it. So I'm going to unpack this a little bit, I guess. For me, when I am into something, I am like 100% all in for that moment. And to be able to have friends in your life who speak that same common language is so huge and so helpful. I'm thinking about like, even when I was a teacher, I, I know I referenced this before, but when I was a teacher, I noticed if you ever get a group of teachers together, say for margaritas or whatever, they're only going to talk about education and classroom issues because it just weighs so heavily on their mind. A lot of them are just thinking about it all the time. And I can remember how incredibly valuable that was for me when I was fresh out of college, first year teacher, just hearing people using that common language when I would go to them for, you know, like, I don't know what to do with this classroom management problem. And they could talk to me in educational theory, but how it applies and those types of things was so important. And honestly, I have found that that has come up time and time again. You know, like when you're a new mom, like all new moms sort of speak the same language. Mm-hmm. They talk about the same brands, talk about the same books that are important. Um, for blogging, the time that I was blogging, that was a huge thing for you and I. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been friends forever, but our friendship definitely took a deeper turn when we were both blogging because we were talking the same language right. about, you know, the problems, about the our goals, about our dreams and, and those types of things within that sphere of um, the, the online work that we were doing. So yeah, just somebody who understands like the technical thing of the thing that you're into, even if it's silly something, that they get all of your references and they just speak that same language back to you. I'm almost like this with music too. Music is not um, a phase for me. Like I've always been into music and I can't imagine not being into music. So when somebody, when I have a friend who sends me a song and is like, I really think you'd like this. Have you heard this one? First of all, that anyone would send me a song. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel so left right now. And then if they get it, if they get my taste, I'm like, I'm yours forever, forever and ever. You made for me two, two CDs that were mixtape. Oh yeah. I, I remember that. That was a long time ago. It was. And not only did you put the songs on there, 
you took the time to write liner notes about why you liked each of those songs and why you thought I might get them. Laura, I saved those for years. I probably still have them around here somewhere. They were so meaningful to me because music just is my language for sure. That was back when I had more time on my hands. <laughs> yes. I'm that way about books. I mean, I feel like yes, if yeah. I can shorthand with someone about books and we are not, we don't have to necessarily agree. We don't need to have the same taste, but if we're reading the same things or we know the authors that are big in this genre or that, whatever, if we can just talk about that, that is, I feel like it, I felt met a kindred spirit, even if nothing else about them yes. applies yeah. to my life. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I mean, I think just like on a human level, we all want to be known and we crave that thing of like, you're my people. You get me. And so when somebody just naturally can see, speak that same language, or like you said, just the shorthand of whatever the thing is, just that being understood thing really comes through. Again, it can be something silly or it can be something totally serious, but yeah, somebody speaks your language and gets you. Okay. My next one is the opposite okay. of that. Okay. But I think it's important. A friend who worships at a different altar. And by that, I mean someone who challenges your belief system. It doesn't have to be religious. Of course, it can be, you know, political or, you know, any, anything that is a foundational belief that might be really different from yours. And I totally understand the comfort and appeal of having friends who are really homogenous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like surrounding yourself with a lot of people who think the same way you do. There's a value in that as well. I have lived large and lovely chunks of my life with girlfriends who thought and dressed and acted in similar ways to me. Um, and I don't even condemn that. I, I believe in the power of a tribe like that. However, I do not think you learn much right. in groups like that. Yeah. They're echo chambers. And um, I think for people to truly understand and empathize with others and to really practice acceptance and to experience tolerance acted upon you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That is, um, it's just really crucial to have friendships like that. I remember I'm in such a majority in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. My race, my religion, my politics were very in line with most other people that I knew growing up in Oklahoma. When I moved to California and was a minority there, not not an actual minority, but was belief system wise, not the same as most of the people I met. And to see people have to actively tolerate me, I was like, well, this is a new experience. Sure. Yeah. But there's so much growth there. You know, I needed that. I actually needed to be broken out of my, the echo chamber I grew up in and, and to be like, okay, there is a different perspective here. There is a legit other belief system that is coming from also loving and thoughtful people that just because they're different from me does not mean that they're wrong or bad or any of those other things. And I think that if, even if you live in a really homogenous community right now, if you just have one, even just one person, even if it's just online, it's a great place to start who is expressing thoughts that are different from yours. Mm-hmm. If you can attempt to hear it, yeah, you will be changed. Absolutely agree. I think that we really can build these tight little circles based on our views on things because it is comforting. And 
feels safe, feels good. But honestly, that can lead to a lot of atrophy, really, because we we need to be able to keep our muscles working, the ones that help us to provide compassion, to help us to see other people's perspectives. So when you seek out those different people, it really gives your compassion and understanding muscles workout. And sometimes it's really uncomfortable. Oh, like, most of the time it's really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Like an actual workout, you know, like yeah. blood, sweat and tears kind of thing. But it's, well, to go back to what you said, there's just so much potential for, for just growth as a human being in those kinds of friendships. You know, I was having a hard time several years ago. Um, I was having what one might call a faith crisis. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. But I wrote about it a little bit online and, and I just gave the, the barest peek into this. I did not deep dive yeah. into what was going on with me. I didn't, I didn't want to do that online, but anyway, I, I gave a peek online and one of the messages I got from someone who I know loves me and meant well was that I needed to move back mm-hmm. to being around people who didn't challenge me. Right. I remember that. Yeah. And I had a visceral reaction sure. to that suggestion Yeah, that in order to not be having a faith crisis, what I needed was to come back into the fold and stop mm. questioning. And yes. I was like, no, 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 no. That's actually not the solution right. to a person who's having any kind of a well, challenging par- emotional time, you know, yeah, or a paradigm shift, a potential paradigm shift or an actual for. one, yeah. a paradigm shift. Is- and I also think that's sort of a dumb way to think. I mean, how I responded to him was, look, I feel like I would have come into this line of thinking, even if I had stayed in a community that was all similar, because I'm a thinking adult human and I hmm. still would have had questions or read certain things or whatever. Like you cannot pretend that if you stay in one place forever, that you will stay the same. I don't really think it works that way. Yeah. I think some people choose to make it work that way. Sure, sure, sure. It's fine to put blinders on and acknowledge that you're putting blinders on and that life is easier one way. This is a real tangent we've taken. No, I think it's good though. I think it really speaks to you because this is a really hard friendship. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be like stressful or, or fraught, you know, but you got to be intentional about it. So I think it's good that we're sort of chasing this rabbit down this trail because there's some risk involved. So no, there is the friend. I have multiple friends who have really radically different belief systems than I do, both religiously, politically, t- you know, watch different TV shows, like everything. <laughs> I I have some opposites attract type friends and I feel like they are hard because like it or not, you're, you're sometimes judging one another. Yeah. 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 And you're sometimes being the recipient of being judged and you just have to like power through yes. to the love part. Yeah. It's so good. I think that in the way our culture is behaving right now, like the things that are happening, I think it's actually more important than ever. It's easier than ever to block out those opposing viewpoints, but I think it's more necessary than ever to find somebody who is different. Even if you have to start with a safe, different person, start there and start to build in hearing those different perspectives in your life. Yep. Okay. My next one on my list is somebody who is a queen of the call out. Oh, yes. Now I on paper should be the last person who would want this in my life. I am an Enneagram type nine, which means I avoid conflict like 
crazy. So why would I seek out somebody who's going to come into my life and call me out on things? But for that very reason, it's so important to have somebody who is going to call me out on something that is a little bit baloney, you know, that I'm trying to pass off as steak. (laughs) And honestly, I mean, I say call out because that's sort of a common term in our culture. Somebody who is actually going to confront you and be like, no, wait a second. I don't think that you know, this doesn't actually match up with what you or your personal views are, or somebody who can just come into your life and say, let's, let's talk about this, because I'm not hearing you correctly, or or whatever, they're going to call you out. But actually, I think a better phrase, a phrase that I really love is calling someone forth. And like, really being able to dig into like, you, you know, I know you as a person, and I know these are your values. The things that you're saying or the things that you're doing right now, they don't match who I know you to be as a person. So let's dig into this and figure out what's going on. And that's a hard thing. And I think it has to be somebody that you really trust. And then maybe it's not like your closest friend that you, who knows everything that's in your freezer, but it's somebody who knows you on a level that they get you and they're not afraid to come into your life and say like, mm, I'm going to call shenanigans on this. <laughs> we need to talk it out and get this sorted through. I think that you and I do that with one another. And, but I think we do it in a, in a not scary way, like in a yes. casual way. And for some people that might not work, the, the casualness of, because it's not necessarily a casual thing to call someone out. But like, I really don't have a big problem like saying to you, like, you're being crazy today. Right. It's true. And I can hear that from you without being offended. It's and I have people in my life who, um, who definitely can do that to me as well. But you know what's funny is, I already mentioned my sister, I take things differently from different people in my life. So when my sister calls me out, which she does, we have that relationship, but I am... Get a little defensive. I'm, yeah, I, you know, sibling relationships. Oh, of course. You know, we yes. start when you're young, poking at each other, you know? So sometimes when she calls me out, even if I like know in my gut immediately that she's right, I will be like, you don't know me. That's so awesome. <laughs> Which isn't true. She totally knows me exactly. Course, yeah. Whereas sometimes I'll have someone who is like a, a much, much more shallow relationship who will call me out and I'm like, you're so right. <laughs> yes, it's true. It's true. And you can have somebody in your life who you're not necessarily like inseparable besties with, but they just can speak to you in a way where you're like, no, you're right. I actually am a crazy person today. So yes. Yeah. Good stuff. Awesome. This week, I'm excited to welcome back Legacy Box. You remember that Legacy Box is the world's largest, most trusted digitizer of home movies and photos. Over 450,000 families have trusted Legacy Box. And I have to tell you, I knew that I was going to be excited to have Kyle and I's old, like two decades old wedding photos digitized. But what I was not expecting is how much my kids loved it too. My kids love to look at our old wedding album. They get such a kick out of seeing what we looked like when we were so young. And because of Legacy Box, now I know that those wedding photos are going to live on for many decades to come. Like lots of families, we wanted Legacy Box to help us preserve those memories. Legacy Box is all about saving your family films and photos from degrading or from being lost forever. You know you've got those home movies laying around your house or maybe stored at your parents' house that you can't even play back anymore because you don't have a VCR or the old camcorder is broken. And I have to tell you, there is such a great peace of mind and sense of accomplishment in knowing that those old memories are going to be captured for ages to come. The process is 
is so simple. You simply send your legacy box that is filled with your old home movies and pictures to Legacy Box. They do the rest. They professionally digitize your moments onto a thumb drive, a digital download, or a DVD. You get personalized updates at every step, and you get all of your original recorded moments back along with your perfectly preserved digital copies. All the work is done by hand right here in the USA. Guys, there's never been a better time to digitally preserve your memories. Visit LegacyBox.com today to get started. Plus, there is a limited time offer just for you awesomes. This exclusive discount is yours when you go to LegacyBox.com awesome to get 40% off of your first order. Go to LegacyBox.com awesome and save 40% today. Get started preserving your past. You know what, Awesomes, we are wrapping up the summer and I think this is the perfect time for you to treat yourself as a reward for getting through these long, hot summer months. Lucky for you, the 2019 FabFitFun Fall Box is now available. Remember, FabFitFun is a women's lifestyle subscription box with full-size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and tech products that sit straight to your doorstep every single season. They take the hassle out of shopping by doing it for you and each box is customized to your specific interests. My FabFitFun Fall Box has arrived and I was absolutely tickled to discover what was inside. Not only is it filled with all kinds of great stuff to take care of my skin as the weather hopefully starts to turn cooler eventually. I've told you before that one thing I love about FabFitFun is that you not only get great products for taking care of your skin, body, and health, there's also really beautiful and practical home items as well. Like the gourmet cheese board from Twine that's in this Fall Box. It's elegant enough for serving guests on special occasions or other gatherings, but it's also sturdy and practical enough for our own quiet evenings at home. This really is a great time of year to do something really awesome for yourself. And it's so easy with FabFitFun. Remember that FabFitFun retails for $49.99, but it always has a value of over $200. So go get signed up for this seasonal subscription box with full-size beauty, fitness, fashion, and lifestyle products. Use coupon code SORTA AWESOME and you're going to get $10 off of your first box at fabfitfun.com. Again, use coupon code SORTA AWESOME you're going to get $10 off of your first box, fabfitfun.com. Okay, we're to the last ones on our list. So number five from you, let's hear it. My last one is maybe the most important one. <laughs> okay. A friend who knows all your passwords. Uh, yeah. Listen, you guys, this is literal passwords. This is not... No, literal passwords. This is not a metaphor. As soon as this episode is done, everyone needs to craft an email to the person in their life and give them, give them your Facebook password. Yes. Give them the combination to the lock safe in your house, whatever it is, someone needs to know that. And this is like both funny and totally not funny. Like if something were to happen to you, Mm -hmm. you need a person who can go in and shred things if needed. I'm, I'm a hundred percent serious about this. Yes. Press delete on certain messages. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or you know, just you just need somebody who knows your passwords for lots of reasons. <laughs> if you need to make an escape in the night, <laughs> this is getting very dramatic. No, I don't. I don't know what anyone's life circumstances would be, but for some reason, like years ago, I remember telling you, I was like, we really we need to know each other's social media passwords. This is for real. This is serious. This serious. This is like your emergency contacts list. Yes, and I think that that friend, and you can choose. That particular friend for all kinds of reasons, because they're trustworthy, because they're particularly social media savvy. 
It doesn't matter. Whatever reason that you choose that friend. And it's not all just about social media, although that's the obvious one right now. It can be any number of things. Yeah. Somebody, and not just your spouse, because who knows what's going to happen. Right. Needs to know your passwords. That's a, that's a key person in your life. It is. And honestly, somebody that you have to trust implicitly. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. It's such a weird thing that somebody needs to know all your passwords because so much of our lives are enmeshed in our online stuff. So that's huge. And um, I actually also have a pen and paper thing that I need to have disposed of. (laughs) If something should happen to me, Catherine has specific instructions like go to my house and find this and throw it away. No, I... (laughs) A hundred percent, I'm behind that. Yeah, I have a lawyer friend who she has a coworker example of this, where if something were to happen to her, that coworker would know to go into her office and what mm-hmm. to take care of. And this is in a work scenario, like what needs to be shredded, what yeah. needs to be deleted, mm-hmm. what needs to be marked as done, whatever. <laughs> the ultimate completion. Yes. <laughs> So true. So, so true. true. Okay. Well, the last one on my list is a friend who is a history major, someone who majored in you, <laughs> your history, somebody really who does know a lot of your history because, and again, I guess this keeps coming up in, in what I'm saying a lot. Maybe it's a bigger deal to me than I thought, but so much of the human experience is just, do people see me? Do people know me? Do people get me? And I think when you have a friend who knows your personal history, it's so key and so helpful for being known. Now, for some people, it might be somebody you've literally known for a long time. For example, you and I, two decades of friendship, you have seen some of my biggest missteps, some of my most unfortunate decisions. Um, we've also seen some of my happiest moments too. You, I spent the night with you at your parents' house the night before my wedding. I mean, you've been there for some huge milestones along the way. So maybe it's somebody that you have actually known in real time for a long time, or maybe it's somebody that you meet them and you just hit it off and you click. And before you know it, you're just pouring out your whole life story to them and they share their life story with you. And then going forward in the future, when you're telling a story, you do, you have like that personal shorthand with each other. Like we were talking about the shorthand with like the things that you're into. But when you have somebody in your life who knows your personal shorthand, for example, if I were to say to you, well, my parents are coming into town and I can just kind of pause and you fill in that pause and I go on with the, the rest of the story and they'll be here for the weekend or whatever. In that pause, you're just like, I know the whole thing of that. Right. <laughs> yes. And I do. Yes. And so, and and again, it can be somebody that you've known for a long time or somebody that you've just met, but that just that history is there enough to where every single time a situation comes up, you don't have to repeat like, my parents are coming into town and that is problematic because (laughs) (laughs) it's just so comforting, just so comforting to know as a person that you have at least one person in your life. Hopefully it's more than one, but at least one person in your life that just knows the whole history of it all, you know, going back to the beginning. And that is a person who, again, speaking back to that life council concept, when you go to them with a thing, like, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about this direction I'm heading? Or I'm I'm kind of thinking about doing this. Again, it saves so much conversation because they know the whole, they know the whole history of you. They have majored in your history up until this point. And that is going to inform the advice that they give you in really spectacular ways. 
Yeah, that's definitely a person who should sit on your life council. And as you're cobbling together your life council, or if you're imagining right now, like who sits on my life council if I were to come before them (laughs) as a panel? (laughs) Which wouldn't that be awesome to do? (laughs) You have the wise one, you have the freezer one, you have the passwords holder, you have the (laughs) things. And you're like, you guys, I need some help. Yes. Wouldn't that be amazing? It would be incredible. Yeah. But I think, you know, you seek counsel. What we're what we're really talking about with all of these people, even the yes man friend, you are in your own way seeking counsel for all of these people. Like yeah. you need all of these different people yeah. in your life. If you only have the same type of friend, then you you probably are feeling a hole. That's so true. I think this is something that we've known instinctively for a while, but a couple of situations have come up in our own life and in the lives of some of our mutual friends that have really driven this point home. Sometimes you need your life counsel and it's not even for like a major decision. Like, should I leave my career? I'm ready to have a baby. I think we might need a divorce. I mean, sometimes, yeah, you do need a life counsel for a huge thing, but sometimes you just have a thing that you're spinning out about in your own head. There's not a decision to be made, but you just need someone to hear you and just kind of help you straighten it out. And that's a huge part of the life counsel idea for me, I think, is just to be able to lay the whole thing, whatever it is out on the table and have people that know you in these really specific ways speak back to you like, okay, here's what I'm hearing going on. And you know what? They may land in totally opposite places. And that's actually okay too, because you're getting those unique perspectives that that you need to be able to kind of sort through the whatever is making you spin I think out. you'll hear what you need to hear, even if they say different things. But sometimes to ask a number of trust worthy voices. And this is sort of a vulnerable thing to ask, even if it's a a stupid thing. Recently, I asked um, a kind of a group of friends, a stupid thing that, like you said, I had been spinning out on and just their responses, which were different from one another's. I immediately knew like, oh, okay. Yeah. For some reason it unlocked. It was like a click and it was like an unlock of what I could not get my own spinning out of, but hearing from them. And so like kind of what a scary thing to ask again on a stupid question like mine or on a deeper question is to say, like, what do you see in me? Yes. Not like, what do you see in me as a person? Like, what do you, you know, I'm asking you this question, like, what do you see for me? Right. Yeah. Maybe that, and that's like sort of a, a vulnerable thing to ask, because, because what if they say something that you're not anticipating? Right. But if you've trusted them, if they're on your life council, so to speak, maybe you won't take their advice necessarily, but probably whatever thoughts are going to come back at you are valuable to either say, nope, that's not it. Or to say, yeah, that's it. You you are seeing something for me that I just cannot see for myself. Yeah, so true. Well, it has been so wonderful just to sit and talk face to face, face to face about friendship stuff. We would love to hear from you all. We got so much response from our last friendship episode. I know you all have thoughts. We would love to hear if you have a life council and if you have some other ideas about friends that everybody needs in their life. So come find us on social media so we can continue the conversation there. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. 
Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.